On Instagram, I had reposted, it was a, a TikTok that I had done about, it was a parenting hack where, hey, get your kids candy, but you eat the good flavors and give your kids the rest of the, like, they don't give a shit. Like, they, my, my kids love yellow and orange candy. It's candy. It's sugar. So you eat the good flavors and give them the crappy flavors. And boy, I think because, uh, you know, the kids who are like 12 years old and probably aren't even supposed to be on Instagram, they came for me. She's funny. She's a mom, a wife, and a huge fan of chilies. Nicole Story Dent on this episode of Worldwide Celeb. World. She's all over my social media, my TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The real. Behind every internet famous face you see in your scroll is a real person with an entire life offline. Freedom of expression. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Worldwide Celeb, where we strip away the digital curtain and introduce you to the real people behind the personalities you see every day as you scroll through your feed, click around the internet, or even listen to your favorite podcast. My name is Chris Kelly. My guest this episode is one of those where I don't remember exactly the first time I saw her. I don't really know a whole ton about her, to be honest. There's a, She's very mysterious. There's not a lot of research I could do, but I can say that something somewhere along the way made me click the follow button, and she's been cracking me up on a pretty regular basis ever since. Officially, her profile says, Relatable Adulthood and Momhood Content, and know what? Yeah, that's true. Literally, every video I see come across her feed, I nod my head almost in an in animated way and laugh with one of those, it's so funny because it's true kind of reactions. And if more a female perspective, motherhood sort of thing, I kind of elbow my wife and make her watch because it's true for her too. Like I say, it's one rare case where I don't have a bio to go off. I've done very little research here in spite of more than a million followers across all of her social channels. So I'm excited to learn more about who she is genuinely as a fan and not just an interviewer. Her name is Nicole Story Dent. She's hilarious. Nicole, welcome to Worldwide Celeb. How are you? I'm good. You just made me sound way cooler and more mysterious than I actually am. So I try you. so desperately with those intros and every, I think I'm like, however many interviews I've done, I'm batting a thousand on uh doing my best to kiss some ass with the <laughs> intro there. So it works out pretty good. Before we get started, in every episode, I give our guest a secret word. It can be an ordinary word. It can be something preposterous, but it's the guest job to work that word into the conversation as many times as possible. Uh, it's your job as a listener to try and figure out what the word is. Nicole's been given her secret word off the air before the show, so keep your ear out for what you think it is during the episode. So first things first, you're Dallas-ish, right? Did I catch that somewhere? That's right, the burbs. I've been Dallas-Dallas, but then, you know, you have kids and you get boring and you, you move north. Did you grow up there or did you move there? or? Yeah, in the, the DFW area. I went to school in Austin, so I've always Ooh. been Texas. Austin, uh, Austin's one of my... I lived in, in West Texas many, many years ago at the start of my radio career. And I, uh, in fact, I'm still on the radio in West Texas, which is ironic as the voice of the first radio station I ever worked for. Anyway, I digress. Dallas, <laughs> every time we went to Dallas from this little town, I was terrified to drive there. I feel like da driving in Dallas, you need like a special license. And I've driven in New York City. And I don't know what it is about Dallas that's just, there's so many twists and turns and everybody's moving so fast and there are roads that there aren't uh that what do you call the things on the side the frontage roads the what uh, no like like if it, heaven forbid you have an emergency and you need to pull over for a second it's it's truly like a raceway where if if a mistake happens you've got nowhere to go so it's just knuckles and grip it 
And downtown, I avoid downtown at all costs because everything's a one-way street and it's and there's nowhere to park. So I'm like, look, if you're going to invite me to do something fun downtown, I'm not coming. Uh, do people still in Texas, the thing I always appreciated about Texas was uh, if you're faster coming up behind somebody, they they pull off and they drive in the breakdown lane. Does that still happen? I think so. Yeah. It's one of the, one of the most endearing things about, and maybe that was a small town <laughs> Texas thing. I don't know. Tell me a little of your family dynamic. Husband, two kids, right? Yep. I um, have been with my husband for about 14 years, and we've got two little ones, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Hey, me too. I got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. It's fun, isn't it? Uh, no, not all the time. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's genuinely, it's one of those things where, uh, and you tell me if you can relate, because I I bet you can, like from an adulting standpoint, the last few weeks for me, for example, or, or even just these last few days. Normally on a Sunday, I'd like watch football all day. I'd eat pizza, sneak in some golf maybe, go to my boat, whatever. And this weekend I spent three and a half days building wardrobes with my two-year-old asking for yogurt every three and a half minutes. And Yeah, that, that first part sounded single. It like did. that first part you taught, that's not a... That's not a thing. Those were the, that was the good life. And then uh, she's dropping screws into places I can't recover them. And so it's, she's helpful. And I f it's the single most, I always describe parenthood as the single most rewarding yet infuriating thing I've ever done in my life. I picture like a pendulum and my life leading up to having kids, you know, it goes left, it goes right. And then you have kids and someone just pulled that ball back. So the highs are higher. But the lows are also lower. <laughs> that is actually very true. That is a great analogy. I don't, in fact, I'm going to have to tell my wife about that, and then we'll have a good laugh and a cry about it later, I think. <laughs> what, how did, uh, how did all this start for you? Like, obviously, if, if we're talking now, you're doing something online. At some point, you made something, you put it out there, and more people than you expected to see it saw it, right? Do you technically consider yourself a content creator now in life? I do now because as of about three months ago, I so I was at a company for 10 years doing creative work. So my job there was a, ah. a product company and I did a little bit of a lot, but did copywriting and designed packaging and started to take over social after I had found a little bit of social success. They're like, oh, well, maybe you should do social for the brand. Um, so I've just always been a super creative person and Come And also super into social media and film. I love comedy. And as of like, I think it was November of last year, my therapist actually recommended, hey, you're feeling kind of burned out on doing creative at your job because, you know, it's for somebody else. And there are so many opinions. Right. You should do something creative that's just for you, where nobody gets to say, love it, hate it. It's just for you. And I had dabbled in TikTok during the the pandemic, like the rest of us did. I think I got like a few tens of thousands of followers there. And that was really, and then for whatever reason, I got pregnant with my son and the thought of getting on social media, like made my stomach turn. The weirdest thing. So I got off of TikTok for, and it was like two years later, my therapist recommended this. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll unprivate my Instagram and start posting some of my older TikToks, making new stuff. I'd had this bank of ideas of like, oh, that would be funny for somebody to do. And then I was like, well, well, I'll do it. And I wasn't super comfortable in front of the camera it took me take after take because I would just be so nervous and I'm by myself, which that's the luxury of doing what we do is, you know, you can screw up and you can try again. And um, but I just started, I think in the first month, I amassed like 10,000 followers on Instagram, maybe. And really? I, I love what I love about Instagram. I love TikTok, but Instagram, there's the stories element. So everything there, like I feel like I know my audience 
on Instagram um, as opposed to TikTok. Weirdly, the people are also nicer on Instagram, which really? I don't think is an experience for everybody. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, and whenever I unprivated my Instagram, it was just friends and family. So I did have to kind of get over that thing of like, these people don't know this person that I'm about to start posting. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, as you say, stupid fun. Uh, but once I got over that hump and started to get words of affirmation as my love language, though, it's probably not healthy um, how much I get from people telling me I'm funny. But it's just been a whirlwind ever <laughs> since. That was November so, of last so year. You did really love the intro then. Yes, affirmation truly. Is tell, just, tell me I'm pretty and hilarious and I'm yours. What do you do? You remember what that first post was or that first video where you're like, oh, this is a thing now. On Instagram, I had reposted, it was a, a TikTok that I had done about, it was a parenting hack where, hey, get your kids candy, but you eat the good flavors and give your kids the rest of the, like, they don't give a shit. Like, they, my, my kids love yellow and orange candy. It's candy. It's sugar. So you eat the good flavors <laughs> and give them the crappy flavors. And boy, I think because, uh, you know, the kids who are like 12 years old and probably aren't even supposed to be on Instagram, they came for me on that one. But you know really? what? That's, that's engagement. So that one probably amassed, like, 12 million views. Did you ever um, envision that you'd be starting fights with 12-year-olds on Instagram? I didn't. And boy, yeah, I for a little bit, I fought back because, I, I, you know, it's like I've, you know, I think I'm smart with my words. I'm going to be smarter with my words than you are, but you're, it doesn't get you anywhere. No, it's a, a loss is always a loss when yeah. you're arguing with we, we argue a lot over pants around here. <laughs> uh, and I always lose that one. I've got two daughters and I don't, you know. I just and I boy girl doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not down with the naked kids rubbing their bits all over the furniture and whatnot. <laughs> and that's that's all it is. Like I'm not embarrassed to see your naked butt running across the house. But just if you're gonna roll around on the couch, just put something on for the love of God. Yeah, it's my my son's first thing he says when he wakes up is I won't be naked. Yeah, I don't get it. And I mean he just pees, he just pees everywhere. I'm like, is this dog <laughs> pee or is this is this human pee? I don't know. Like, my my husband also sleepwalks sometimes, so I'm just surrounded by pee. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot more pee. I got ended up my my wife got me a light for the for the that goes like yes. the lid of the yeah, uh, for that very reason. Not that I sleepwalk. I I don't think I can aim when I'm wide awake. Yeah, Maybe. you're batting average. Know, but it's, with with the toilet wasn't good. At night, forget about it. It's uh it's a problem. And I'm the only boy in the house, so I can't <laughs> Yeah, there's nobody to blame <laughs> yeah, it on. Right. Um, everybody I talk to and have talked to so far on the podcast, everybody falls into like a, a category of content creators. Um, and you know what I mean? Like there's the car people and there's mm -hmm. the whatever people you're in a pretty crowded category. Obviously there's a lot of parenting and adulting mom content out there. And you kind of dabble in some of the retro nineties stuff here and there. Um, but also all the people that I, talk to they kind of stay in touch with some of the other people who make the same kind of stuff um do other creators have other creators reach out to you for any collaborations i imagine across this category there's like little clicks of creators like everybody has their squad that gets assembled do you have a, are you part of a squad it's funny because i i feel like i wear because i follow people that all they post about is is mom content mostly comedy I, um and then or people that it's all relationship comedy and I try just for my own boredom also. I'm like, I don't want to be too niche. I want to talk about, I want to do marriage humor. I want to do mom humor. I want to just do random, like anybody's experience humor. Um, I love the, the millennial throwback stuff always gets the, the most engagement. So I love showing up there too. But I think because 
And I'll talk to a few, but I think because I'm kind of like, it's like, imagine high school. I haven't quite picked my fan, my friend group. I kind of bounce around <laughs> to everybody. Right, right. Um, so I wouldn't say anybody's taken me fully in under their wing. There was a group of moms that went and did kind of a content weekend in another state. And I had talked to a few of them in my DMs and I was like bummed that I wasn't invited. So I just oh. shamelessly was like, hey, if you guys do this again, like I will, I'll be your camera person. I'll cook, like just invite me. I don't. I think you've got the the street cred now. You've got the follower count that you could, you know, you could be part of the creation, not just the camera girl or whatever. Like that. <laughs> and I would love to collab. And I've seen other people. What's cool is it doesn't kind of the way that I do my stuff too with bits, uh, because I, you know, I I try to get my husband in in content, and every now and then if he's feeling himself on that day, I'll I'll get him in. But I'll usually have to play both characters. So it's start camera, stop camera, move camera. So you can kind of right. do that. Like if you're in Nashville, let's collaborate. You just be your side. I'll be my side. And we can, you know, edit it to make it seem like we're in the same room. Oh. So I should do that. I should because I do have. Oh, my gosh. There's so many hilarious female comedy creators that I just adore. I should absolutely reach out to them and see if they'd be down. Who are some of the people that you follow and like? Um, I'm not going to think of their handle correctly, but Courtney Michelle. Um, so she is in her thirties and she's single and she does a lot of like dating, like just, and I feel for those women who are having to navigate the online dating Uh, scene. Couldn't do it. I fortunately found my husband the old fashioned way. He was dating my roommate and then he came down and he wasn't dating my roommate anymore. Um, cause he was dating me. But <laughs> he made the switch. That doesn't he happen. Did. Wow. I know. And, you know, I would feel bad about it until 14 years later. We have, you know, it, it worked out. But I just love even though I never experienced it. I for whatever reason, I love watching other people have to navigate the online dating world because it seems awful. One of the one of the areas you mentioned uh, some of the throwback type content. How how old are you, by the way? I'm 36. And th- I think so. 30, 36 makes you technically a millennial, does it? Yeah, I'm on the, like, like my husband's bachelor in 39, and I think he's right at the cusp, so I'm on the older side of millennial. And that would be at 39, so I'm 46, so I'm, what, Gen X, right? I think so, which everybody kind of forgets that Gen X is a thing. Cusp. Yeah, right, but... So apologies. I believe that's, I th- believe that's where I fall, and I've always wondered where, th- so I guess my wife technically is a millennial. Oh, no, no, no wait, because she's 39 now, so... Maybe she's Jenna. I think that's close. I think that's like right at the line. So some of the stuff that you put out kind of from that era, uh, the a lot of the 90s stuff you do, I'm not sure necessarily kids today really truly appreciate and have the same fondness for it, probably in the same way you and I didn't appreciate the 60s or 70s, I guess. But I just want to say... <laughs> and I was as I was flipping through your feed this morning, I cracked up just your facial expressions, if nothing else. The video you did about the awkwardness of watching the old herbal essence commercials with your parents, yes. <laughs> which is so oh bad. my god, I was transported back into the living room as a kid watching, like you say, TGIF or or America's Funniest Home Videos or whatever, and then that stupid commercial would come on, and you'd, you're you kind of at the age where you're like, I know she's having an orgasm in the shower, and I know that's what they're inferring here, but I don't want to let uh-huh. my parents know that I know what's going on. Right. They can't know that I know <laughs> oh what's going on. Like, how do I, you just get in your head, and you I'm just having a funeral for my own body internally at 12 years old. Like, just get... Please put me anywhere but on this couch next to my parents. And I didn't even remember. I think my... I just had, had protected myself by blocking how bad those commercials yeah. were because I went back to, to record them to put them in the video. And I 
I did not realize. Like, I'm shocked that those were able, able to get on the air. I think somebody said in the UK they were banned. But America, go ahead. What do you think makes some of the 90s, because there's quite a few that are doing a lot of 90s stuff. Like, And I wonder what makes it, or what you think makes it so popular right now. Like, for example, the Barbie movie. I know, obviously, Barbie dates way back before the 90s, but it kind of seems to be targeted right in that same era of nostalgia. Why do you think it's all making such a comeback at the moment? I read this article at one point and it just made so much sense to me and I the theory is so currently Gen Z everything that they do is a experience they're having with everybody across the country everybody across the world they're collectively having that experience real time they're seeing it um you know boomers and some of Gen X they're old enough that they didn't ever grow up with any sort of social media so they're not super active on it now Whereas like millennials and a little bit of Gen X, I'm sure we grew up like I got Facebook in 2005. You know, I had the Internet for a little bit of my childhood and social media for like my adult childhood. But we didn't have it whenever we were kids and we were playing Pogs and we were playing with Barbies right. and we were drawing S's on our paper and telling these urban legends that we thought just existed within our little community. We all just lived in bubble because the Internet didn't exist as it does today. Right. So now as we're all super active on social media, we're starting to post about these things and realizing, like you said, I've never had a unique experience in my life. Wait, you did that too? You knew that story? How did you know yeah. about that? Like way over on the other side of the country, I thought that was just my school. So we're kind of 20 years later having those collective experiences real time, if that makes sense. What is what is one thing from the 90s that uh, maybe that, well, I don't want to say that is super uncool today, but that you wish would make a comeback and the younger people would appreciate the same way we appreciated back then. I mean, pogs were pretty cool. I mean, you could gamble as I remember yeah, pogs true. getting banned at my school, but pogs were awesome. I loved pogs. See, if I, Maybe because I was really good. If I've got a decade on you, 36 and 46, I'll go one further back talking about gambling and trading and the underground playground activities. But I'll go back to garbage pail kids, if you remember them. I don't. I've I've heard the words, but I couldn't oh, explain it to gosh, you. Oh, my gosh. They were. I wish I had them today. Uh, they were like our elementary school was in walking within walking distance of like a convenience store. And even though we weren't allowed to leave school, obviously, we're like 10. I don't know. But we would walk across the playground and go into this gas station and buy garbage pail kids. <laughs> and then you'd come back and open up the package. And it would be like, I, like a bunch of gangsters gambling on the sidewalk, like playing cards and dropping money. And all. I mean, it was nuts to try and get your hands on all these different garbage pail kids. Stuff like that doesn't really exist anymore, I feel like. Well, they, is it like Pokemon cards kind of? I, I guess, yeah, but they were all kind of inappropriate and like they got banned from the camp, like from the school and there was a whole thing. You're not allowed to bring your garbage pail kids to, to school anymore, just like you're not aware, allowed to wear the Spuds McKenzie t-shirts because there was a Bud Light logo on them. And uh, now I feel old because I don't think you know who Spuds McKenzie is. I don't. Do oh my I don't. <laughs> oh, okay, did no. you guys play wall ball? Wall ball. I'm wall ball. Because we were trying to teach our kids. Because recess, that was really the physical activity that would happen. If you were like athletic, you'd play wall ball. So it's like a, maybe a racquetball. It's just a bouncy rubber ball. And you throw it against the wall. And there are these rules where you have to catch it before it bounces. Or if it hits you, you've got to run and touch the wall before somebody else throws the ball and hits the wall. No, no, that's not. Okay, maybe that Okay, maybe that was a thing that only happened in my bubble. My, my husband had heard of it. I, I mean, it sounds familiar. 
uh, but I'm not, you know, the other day we were at, uh, oh gosh, where were we? I don't remember. We went, we were out and about doing something and my five-year-old says, what is, what is that over there that those kids are playing with? I want to go see what that is. And I was like, oh man, it was tetherball. Oh, remember tetherball? My freaking brother would destroy me at tetherball because he had a good foot on oh, me. Man. And so we'd go to the backyard and that's all he'd want to play is tetherball because he could just destroy me. And yeah, that's right. Because you could wind it around the top yes. and get it out of the range of the shorter players. That's right. I, I almost thought about, because I feel like sometimes it's worth teaching your little kids a valuable lesson. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, whenever she wants to come out to my little studio in my little man cave here and play Mario Kart, some people, my wife, would be like, oh, you got to let her win. And I'm like, no, she she just hits the wall and she's driving off the road and what. This is this is the way life works. I will clean her clock at Mario Kart until she's capable of beating me. And that's just the way it goes. It's so hard to watch your kids suck at something. Oh, yeah, and not like, you know, you're not supposed to step in and help them. Like, you got to let them fail. But it's so hard to watch them suck. Soccer. That's, uh-huh. That was the one for us. My da- Yeah, my daughter just scored a goal for the other team yesterday. Uh, oh, for the yeah, other team. Yeah, a goal's a goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, she she's a good swimmer, though. And she's got a decent golf swing. So that's pretty good. My two-year-old is the one that's good at everything. Like, the first time they do something and you're like, wow, you're a natural at this, too. Awesome. Your sister's going to hate you in a few years. (laughs) Um, I want to play a little game with you because I figure since you know so much about the 90s, one of the bits that you are, uh, you kind of regularly do is uh, how you can remember every lyric from every 90s song. Oh, boy. Okay. But you can't remember why you went from room A to room B, for example, in the house. And I get that. I feel you on that. Um, so I found an, a 90s lyrics quiz, and oh, gosh. this is tough because there's no music here, obviously. Um, and so as, as somebody with a, a radio background, like I pride myself on people invite me and take me to the name that tune style trivia because we're a lock. I've got that memory. But some of these even stump me. So it's we're going to go rip through the 90s here pretty quick okay. i'm gonna give you the, the early 90s ones are gonna get me in trouble because i was born in 87 so well, I'm hoping that's true too we're gonna go we'll see this go we're gonna kick it off in 90 and we're gonna get all the way through 99 and i'm just gonna read you the first line of each song and we'll see if you can figure it out or not i think i've got maybe 70 80 percent of these or so okay am i naming am i naming the song or continuing the lyric no naming the song naming the song okay, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's crazy to continue the lyric here we go <laughs> Uh, the first one I think is easy, early 90s or not. Uh, this is from 1990. It's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. Um, R.I.P. Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. Correct. Uh, I could stay awake just to hear you breathing. Aerosmith, don't want to miss a thing. That's good. That was 1990-something. I don't have the So many here. dances to that song. So many dances. Treat This one's tough. Treated, nah, maybe not. This one is actually kind of easy. Treated me kind. Sweet destiny carried me through desperation. I can sing it. Is it Mariah Carey? It is. It's Vision of Love. That's good. Yeah, I couldn't have told you that title, but I knew it was Mariah Carey. Look into my eyes. You will see what you mean to me. Brian Adams. See, you're crushing this. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, can you feel it, baby? I can too. Come on, swing it. Come on, swing it. I don't know this one. Good vibrations. Oh, Marky, Marky Mark. Mark. The there you go. This one, I, I guess I never knew. The, I got this one right. Uh, but I, I, it never really clicked that this is 
what he was singing, the lyrics, I took my baby on a Saturday bang. Uh, uh-uh. Black or white, Michael Jackson. I would never have known. Okay, I'm going to have to go let it back and listen to like a misheard lyric. Do you hear it in your head? I took my baby on a Saturday yeah. bang. I don't know what it means, but it is what it is. If I should stay, I would only be... Oh, yeah, you'll, oh, you'll know this one. Whitney yeah. Houston. There you go. I will always love you. That's right. I got a new life. You would hardly recognize me. I'm so glad. Um, uh, Ace of Base. Oh, my God. I got that one wrong. Nice work. That's the sign. My mind is telling me no, but my body, my body's <laughs> telling me yes. Oh, R. Kelly. <laughs> a little bump and grind. Uh, close your eyes, make a wish, and blow out the candlelight. Make a wish. Uh, it's a boy band. It, it is. is it boys to men? It is. Okay. It's I'll make love to you, boys to men. Again, another one that I had, we had no business dancing to. No. At like ten years old. No. But did did regularly. A lonely mother gazing out of her window, staring at a son she just can't touch. TLC. There you go. Jason Waterfalls, as I thought for Jason a, inappropriate. Waterfalls. Yes, don't go, Jason. Don't go, Jason Waterfalls. <laughs> my, I think my husband finally corrected me. A far too old. Oh, and I'm like, then you flash back to how many times have I sung that incorrectly and no one has corrected me. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> there used to be a graying tower alone on the sea. Oh, um, ah, I'm not going to get it. Oh, you're going to kick yourself. Kiss from a Rose by oh, Seal. Oh, Seal. Yeah. This is, we're getting into your wheelhouse here because uh, it's mid-90s. As, uh, this is like the easiest ever. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a Gangster's look at my- Gangster's Paradise. Go. That's my husband and all his friends. That's their, they, everybody is required to play it at their weddings. Oh. And they all just go, it's just a bunch of white boys. They just go to the <laughs> middle of the dance floor and just sing Gangster's Paradise at the top of their lungs. For, oh, the, you'll get this one for sure. For all those times you stood by me, for all the truth that you made me see. Celine, is that, I'm everything I am because, is that Celine Dion? That is Celine okay. Dion. Not, uh, oh, actually, yeah, I'm everything I am, but the because song is you called, loved me. Because you love yeah. me. There you go. Uh, let's see. That's too easy. Spice Girls, way too easy. That's way too easy. You're uh, just passing the softballs for me. I am. Okay. Well, I mean, Okay, yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> that was my first concert with Spice Girls. Really? Mm-hmm. My, God bless my mom. She took 12 hormonal, you know, 12-year-olds to a Spice Girls concert. I remember crying. Um, and also the Two Become One song, they, like, oh. pretended to be naked backwards in chairs. And that was another one of those herbal essence moments where I was like, Mom, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> what does Two Become One mean? Oh, yeah, right. That's a good point. So I feel like you did pretty good there. I'll have to get a total. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you at like at eighty five percent, something like that. I did. Yeah, I did okay. Not too I did bad. Okay. What uh, what what are you still interested in doing? You haven't really done, or at least try. It can be either with what you're doing on a content creation side, or it can be anything in life. Really, what intrigues you? Yeah, I, I'm kind of at this. You know, I've had a steady job for my entire adult life. So I, for the first time in self-employed and figuring out, you know, what, how do I want to try to monetize this thing that has quickly been built? And um, do I get an agent? Do I get a manager? Uh, I don't want to do too many brand deals, but what else could I do? You know, everybody, I don't want to, I would love to go on podcasts. I don't know if I want to make a podcast. Do I write a book? Do I uh, just all these, I feel like I'm kind of at that point where I just want to try a bunch of things and like, see what, what feels good. My dream dream is to someday write a 
TV series or a movie, um, even if it goes nowhere. I just I have kind of some um, uh, ideas for movies around just that millennial motherhood and the identity crisis that I am still going through becoming a new mom uh, and just lean into just the the comedy that comes of, you know, the childbirth experience and your body changing. It's because that's how I deal with things is through just making them funny. That's the only way I know how to cope. Right. Um, so I'd love to write a movie one day. That's, that's probably my biggest goal. You mentioned uh, brand deals. There is one that you are uh, quite publicly on the trek to find brand deal wise. Uh, and who is that? <laughs> Chili's. And it's not happening, huh? Well, I think they see this is where you know how horses can sense your desperation. Like I think Chili's can sense my desperation. So can children, for what it's worth. But yes, yeah. this is true. <laughs> I whenever my husband and I are like, oh, my kids are terrible eaters. They're terrible eaters. They don't even eat at Chili's. Like, and that's when you know you're a picky eater. Uh, my but what if they do take a bite? My husband and I are like, we're like, stay calm, stay calm. Don't let them know that we're super excited that they just finally took a freaking bite of food. Like you got to yeah. can't let them know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if they'd sent me a press box, Chili sent me a press box with what's funny enough, they launched a merch line and I had already purchased it with my own hard earned dollars. Um, <laughs> and then they sent me another one. So I've got like double of everything. But, uh, you know, I like to just tease it, tease it out there. That's really the only reason I'm doing this influencer thing is to someday just make a dollar from Chili's. Just get some just gift cards. I'll accept payment in the form of gift, Chili's gift cards. What is it you love so much about it? I I think because you know growing up in the I feel like Chili's was the fancy restaurant where it, like it, it, it was it was it a was big deal if you were going day, yeah. to Chili's it was your birthday you just won a volleyball game I and I remember my dad one of my first my first big girl job Chili's was kind of near where my parents lived um, where my job was and so my dad and I would meet at Chili's for lunch it's just so many fond memories. Yeah. At Chili's. Uh, so it's just got a, a special place in my heart. And you just know, like if you if you know that you love something there, you can get it every time. It's comfort. It's knowing what I'm going to get. Get a beer, get some chips, salsa and ranch, that molten lava cake. Yeah. I. You know, it's been a while now that you're now that you bring it up. I think it's time. I, I don't know. I don't think we've ever taken our. No, we have. We have taken our kids there. We have taken our kids there. It's just been a while. I used to get I remember. Actually, when I lived in Texas, and I feel like Chili's is is a pretty big deal in Texas, in particular. They're actually based in Dallas. Okay. Their corporate headquarters are here, so I'm I'm getting closer to just going and knocking on. I the was board. gonna say, I mean, if you're local, why not? It should be pretty easy, pretty pretty easy collaboration there. I used to always get the, it's a cheesesteak. I mean, it's it's not like an authentic cheesesteak. It was a unique <laughs> cheese. It was a Chili's cheesesteak, and it was always delicious. And then somewhere along the way, I got it, and it wildly disappointed me and I never got it again and I don't know why give him another chance and now that I'm sitting here I feel like I'm ready to go back I'm ready to dive in yeah I my memorabilia says because I'm Chili's obsessed I have a you know those old school tables with the tile they don't they're not that anymore they rebranded <laughs> but I have one <laughs> I will really? I will sell my children before I will sell this table <laughs> oh man that's a fanatic if I've ever heard I, one. I think legally I have to say I'm just kidding, right? But, you know. Yeah, no, <laughs> <I don't>, but <laughs> you're not. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, the buyer, right? Buyer. Part of, uh, you do well, you want to make sure they go to a good home at least. That's right. There's a vetting process involved. Part of the podcast is um, really just getting to know you, the person behind the persona that people see online. So kind of a segue to that. Have you out and about, especially I would imagine in your quest to land a Chili's endorsement in Dallas, do you ever, have you been recognized out and about in public yet? Is it still too new for you? 
Only a few times. I I just was doing some, because um, I buy and report Amazon, I buy and return things a lot for videos. Mm. Like, you know, whether it's like millennial clothes or I just did a video um, in partnership with Paw Patrol. So I bought way more props than I needed I knowing I would return half of them. So I was in UPS just returning $400 worth of Paw Patrol stuff. And this, but she came up to me and just said, you know, I follow you on Instagram. I think you're hilarious. I didn't catch your name. And so that's happened a few times. Like, uh, I have been, I would say the most times I'm recognized, it's at Target. <laughs> which is where I don't film things in public. But what I do, it's at Target. And the minute I get recognized making those stupid faces in Target, like I'm done. Um, I always go right before they close. And I just did it last night, actually. I'll be there at like 9.55 when there's nobody there. Because if I get caught, I can't. I just, filming in public is is just peak anxiety. You so. are not the first person that has told me that along the way, which I find kind of hilarious uh, for people that are so outwardly extroverted. Uh, it's so, it, uh, but I'm not that way in person either. Because sometimes people, if like people I know, will be like, who are you? Like, who is this? You were so quiet in high school or, you know, you're so quiet. Like, I'm a different, I think it feels, weirdly feels less vulnerable to do that in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people sometime in a video yeah. than it does to like face to face with a person I know. It, we're, it feels less it. vulnerable. I get it. All of all of my career, it's the moments on stage in front of 10, 12,000 people that are easier than sitting at a conference room table with three. Yeah. For whatever reason. What um, kind of a, a lightning round? I ask everybody these next few questions, very basic, non-content creator type, normal human questions. What is your worst bad habit? Oh, I'm not a clean person. Like, I'm so messy. I I'm did, so messy. I did notice one of your videos, you, which I've also found hilarious. All, all your stuff is pretty good. It, it was like a Celine Dion. Um, you were singing along with Celine Dion, and then at the end of the video, you had to come back and straighten a lampshade in the background because it was driving you crazy. And I thought, oh, she's got OCD about stuff like that, like my wife does, but not so much, huh? It doesn't make sense. A, a crooked picture on the wall will drive me crazy, but underneath that crooked picture is just a pile of clothes that I've been ignoring for a month. It makes no sense. It's like maybe just those little things like bring me sanity of like, oh, if I just if I keep that neat, I my brain won't see these other things. It doesn't make sense. Ah, all right. What are your guilty pleasures? Like binging a certain TV show or something you just can't do without? Nobody would Reality know Reality TV? Really? Um, Chili's, obviously. Chili. Um, soda. I love Diet Dr. Pepper. That's another sponsorship I would love is Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I've tried to quit Diet Dr. Pepper so many times and I've tried all the like, I, I went, I picked every sparkling soda possible. I've tried, I've just, I can't, I can't quit Diet Dr. Pepper. What, uh, obviously we've established you're big into the 90s stuff, but what specific music do you listen to and what's the best concert you've ever been to? Well, I mean, I just saw Taylor Swift twice. <laughs> Um, I'm a big, well, and I wasn't, what's so funny is I wasn't like, I would listen to Taylor Swift casually. Um, and then she came to Dallas and I'm an incredibly impulsive person. I will, I will, you know, not spend 30 bucks on something, but I will spend 3000. No problem. It again, doesn't make sense, but I ended up taking my daughter to see Taylor Swift here. They like terrible seats. Um, and, but still far too expensive. And it was the, the best, like coolest night. And, um, and then i my husband and I went and saw her again in Denver and made a weekend out of it. So I've become just first the respect I have for her um, and what she did. Like I was out of breath from standing for three hours and she was on stage like and she did it three nights that week and then did it again the next week. So I don't know how her because she's 34. 
I don't know how she there does it. There is a stat that uh, actually, uh, funny enough, my wife told me that um, she has been because she's obviously she's dating Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs now. It's like front page news yep, everywhere. She's yep. Sunday night football comes on last night, and I told my wife, I said, I'll bet you. Within the first 60 seconds of this broadcast, they flash to a picture of Taylor Swift in a suite. Sure enough, they did. And she, my wife pointed out that Taylor Swift has spent more time in football stadiums in 2023 than any NFL player has. Yeah. Because she's had so many tour stops along the way, which is crazy. I saw a funny meme that was like, oh, how how cute. Taylor's visiting her stadiums that these boys are turning into Mojo yeah. Dojo Casas right. <laughs> to play their little football games. I know I can, my love messing with my husband, just as all the women do. But I was like, last night, I was like, what time does Taylor's boyfriend's game start? Oh did Taylor's God. boyfriend, did he win his game last night? <laughs> it's, it's a, and if you're not a sports person, the reference will be lost on you. But as a lifelong Denver Broncos fan that loathes the Kansas City Chiefs, couldn't she have picked somebody from another team? It drives me crazy. I'm so mad about it. Oh, I love it. Um, I just love the the coming together of these you know, to stereotype very different personality types and people who yeah. are into very different things. Of course, there's crossover. Like, I'm into sports a little bit, but I just love the the content that this has created. And it has a lot. They like they had the voice and Carson Daly welcomed the Swifties to the broadcast last <laughs> night. I'm not even kidding. It was insane. I just love how much fun everybody's having with it on both sides. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, at least. Again, though, not a fan of the Chiefs. Really kind of disappointed in Taylor for that, but it is what it is. What is a, a hobby you might have uh, or a hobby you have that might surprise uh, people you know or fans of yours or something that we don't see you do? Uh, I mean, as a parent, this and that's part of my identity crisis is you don't have time to do anything other than wipe butts. But I love to drive. I think in another lifetime, I was a race car driver or like a, a 18-wheeler driver that didn't have a family and just drove 24 hours a day and stopped at truck stops like I could drive if I'm ever stressed and I used to have a stick I don't have a stick anymore because you know car seats um but that's what my husband and I but whenever we're you know win the lottery that's the first thing we're gonna get is a sports car my dad drove cars and my brother did go-karts so I just kind of grew up in around cars I don't know a ton about them, but I really enjoy driving them. That's a good one. That's a good hobby. Do you have any celebrities that follow you anywhere online that you're aware of? Um, Angela Kinsey from The Office follows me. Oh, wow. That's which is pretty one. cool. Yellow card. You want to, you know, yeah, emo bands. Yeah. They, uh, they Ocean follow Avenue. me. Uh-huh. Super mm-hmm. random. Um, those are the only two I can think of. Did you ever use a yellow card song in... Any of uh, your videos? I haven't, but I just went to, because I had this thought of, like, I do those Target reaction videos, and I'm like, surely Spirit Halloween has introduced a millennial, like, like we're now old enough that we're a theme, right? So I was I went looking for, to do a reaction video to seeing myself as a costume. They didn't have a, a full costume. I need to go to Party City and check, but they have a plethora of wigs, and one of the wigs was an emo wig. And I almost got it because I was like, I think I need to start making emo content. That's the one thing I, I you know, my goth phase was very brief, um, naturally, because there was a boy I liked that, you know, was a little bit dark and mysterious. Uh, yeah. But I want to lean into, yeah, doing some some emo content. I don't know that I ever really got too down with the emo crowd back in the day. And it might have been, well, no, I, I would say I was kind of in that range. There was a couple of guys I could think of that, in fact, 
now now you're going to make me go on like a little Google expedition to see what these people are up to and what they look like now without all the makeup and (laughs) whatever from back in the day. Well, and thank goodness the Internet didn't exist back then in full because like all these kids now and it's cool now, but they're going to be able to look back and there's going to be foolproof for their kids to remind them how ridiculous that they look. Yeah, I I personally cringe whenever because, you know, like you say, you've been on Facebook since like 05 and I'm guessing I've probably been about the same so now when you get your facebook memories each and every day it's like <laughs> 14 years ago and 13 uh-huh. and it kind of creeps me out a little bit but i just looking at photos of myself from back then remind me of what it was like to see old pictures of my parents and it looked like all grainy and like an old fo- yeah now all of a sudden all these all the all the shit from the 90s looks like it's from 1952 and I don't understand, like the Herbal Essence commercials that you posted, uh-huh. they look so old. All of it looks so old. It's just freaking me out. I don't know how to get my head around it. And that's where my brain breaks is, you know, back then we thought all the technology was as good as it's going to get. And, you know, today yeah, right. I'm like, how much more crisp could a TV get? Like my TV can't get any bigger. Yes. Like what? what is it that it's going to be? And when they tried the virtual reality thing, they always say with technology, if the porn community doesn't pick it up, it's not going to make it. And I guess <laughs> porn didn't pick up like augmented reality or virtual reality with the headsets on or 3d tv that's what it was 3d tv whenever they tried 3d tv for like a hot minute um but yeah it's like what could get better than what it looks like now i don't know i don't and and it yet it will be yeah somehow i don't i don't understand it either um so to finish up everybody has some like go-to wisdom they whip out from time to time whether it's in your professional life or in your personal life. It's the, the your default that you always pivot to whenever you're in one of those deep philosophical conversations with people or or like, for example, friends of yours are becoming parents for the first time uh, and they say, oh, you got any advice for me? And I always say, A, don't follow anybody's advice because mm-hmm. every kid is different. Every situation is different. But B, for the dads, and I stole this advice and I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, I stole this advice from Adam Levine from Maroon 5, who, or The Voice, I suppose, if you're younger, um, who uh, I think told Jimmy Kimmel the best advice he could give to new dads is before your wife goes into labor, poop. Get it out of the way <laughs> because you're going to be there a while and that's the worst possible thing. And of course, did I follow that advice? The first time I did not and I regretted it. So, Hey, babe, can you just like hold it for a second? I need to go to the bathroom. Can you exactly. just like squeeze, keep that baby in there for just a second longer? It was the worst, the worst part of that whole night. My husband would crap his pants. Like he, once he decides, and this is, he and I are physically so different. I could hold my poop all day. But if my husband has to go poop, he's got 30 seconds to get to a yes, toilet. That's fact. That's, I think that's, uh, that's totally a gender thing for sure. Uh, all that being said, what is the most sage advice you've ever been given you feel like would be good to share with others on any topic whatsoever? I, if, for me, and it's something that I every day still have to work on, and it's advice I give myself. I've tattooed dude, comma, chill on my arm because ah. as a parent, I can go from zero to 100 so fast and things can seem like such a big deal because I'm just so my when I hit that spot where I just had enough for the day, everything becomes a big deal. Or again, if like, yeah, the kid doesn't want to wear what I want him to wear. I really try to ask myself, is this an actual emergency? Is this really worth giving the energy to that you're giving it right now? Probably not. So just like just chill, like pick your battles, Um, because if 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 I don't do that, I will just be anxiety 
anger, all the emotions all day long if I don't just try to check myself. Like, is this really a big deal? Is this worth getting worked up over? Even at work, like anything, it can be applicable anywhere, not just as a parent, but like, is this really getting worth worked up over? I think that's solid advice. And you mentioned the uh, the outfits. And I have also found myself going, you know what? Okay, we're wearing frog boots out yeah. today. You want to be Sonic uh, the Hedgehog? Cool. Yep. Go for it. You live in Florida. You're going to be complaining in 30 <laughs> minutes. That That's you my can't... daughter. She only wears long sleeves and long pants. And it's yeah. 106 degrees outside. And people look at me like I'm the worst parent in the world because my kid's got long sleeves on. But like, she's fine. Yeah. And we're happy. So. And it was, it's, it's if you can prevent the fight, trying to get out and, and just get out of the damn house on time. Just once. Just once. I'd like yeah. to. I'll tell you, one of these days. I would like to walk to the car with my wife and children and not have to sit in the car for 10 to 12 minutes waiting for them to come out of the house just one time. And maybe the the caving on the frog boots is the way to go. Yeah, or when they decide that they want to buckle themselves, but you know they're physically not capable of it. But Give give them five minutes. Start Mm -hmm. a clock. Make a game out of it. If you can do it in 60 seconds, you can do it. It's a race. Ready, go. See, we're parenting here. This is good. <laughs> um, I think it's good advice, and uh, this has been awesome. Just having a, a minute to kind of get to know you off of uh, the gram, so to speak. And uh, I do genuinely uh, enjoy your content. I think you mentioned the, <laughs> you mentioned being late night in Target and making that face. You do. You do have that face. There is a face you make. In fact, uh, I was going to ask you about it because all of the stills like the cover photos of all of the videos that you post on Instagram, if you go through, most of them are that face. My husband likes to keep me humble. Um, and, and that's yeah, the part of the the vanity part of like, I've never been, I think as a, I directed some of our, our commercials at the, the last brand that I worked for. And um, we worked mm-hmm. with a lot of, like we would have casting calls where their models would come in, but had come for an acting audition and they just couldn't not let their face be pretty. Like they were always so afraid and we, everything was supposed to be comedic in what we were doing. And I just, it stuck with me of like the ones who would get the job would be the ones who weren't afa- afraid to like look ugly for a hot second. And so that's never been a, a thing for me of um, worrying about what my face looks like. And I guess I've just always had an expressive face. Um, my parents would absolutely agree to that. And I did get in trouble a lot as a kid. And I, I think I didn't realize how much my face was saying that my mouth wasn't. I was like, I'm not a back talker. Like, why am I getting in trouble? It's like, oh, because your face is saying fuck you. That's why. <laughs> well, all right. That's that's a good way. I was going to say, I was trying to find a way to connect the you make, you do unattractive really well. Uh, kind of a compliment. No, go, like it's if, fine. Is that a backhanded compliment? I don't know how. No. What's the expression there? But nonetheless, um, all your stuff is great. I literally, as, as I flip through uh, your feed, I do actually laugh out loud. That's the best compliment I could give because I'd... I don't understand why mostly in life I never laugh out loud. I'll be like, that's hilarious. And I don't actually laugh. In your case, I'm the same way. I've actually laughed out loud. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate well, you, you taking the time to chat with me. It's been fun. Thank you, Chris. My profound thanks to Nicole for the chat. She's pretty rad. You should check her out at Nicole Story Dent on Instagram and TikTok or NicoleStoryDent.com if, you know, you're looking to contact her. <clears throat> Chilies. And thank you to you as well for listening. Catch you next episode of Worldwide Celeb. 
Be sure to like or follow at WW Celeb Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you like the show, please leave a positive review and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes when they're released. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, Worldwide Celeb is a Wavecast Studio production hosted and produced by Chris Kelly with production and promo support from Adriana Botterill and Justin Simkin. For booking information and more details about the podcast, visit WorldwideCelebPodcast.com. 